0: Welcome back to an all new episode of Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia. I'm so excited to interview Avraham, Ben Avraham today. He is a Gher now for two months, literally only two months, and I'm so excited to hear his story. So Avraham, welcome to Hebrew Hits. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you, thank you for having me here. It's awesome to have this opportunity to speak my story and everything.
0: So you're very welcome. So before we talk about, you know, You being a Jew now, I want to go back and actually hear your story about what it was like to grow up as a non-Jew. So tell us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? What was life like as a non-Jew? You're listening to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in to this show because that means that you want to succeed in life and you do not want to fail. Many of us go through such difficult challenges in life, and it's up to us not to fall victim to them. It's up to us to rise above it and to succeed. I sit down with people who have gone through real big struggles and show that they overcame them and are super successful today. It's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Hebrew Hits is presented by TMC.
1: Okay, so... My family's from Colombia. I was born in Miami, but um, I lived in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. And wow. Just, on just street, the cities and cities. In Colombia, of course, I lived, and it's just been back and forth. Uh,
0: Why do you live in so many different places?
1: I wasn't raised with a normal, like, mother and father family. Uh, I live with my mother, then my grandmother, then I moved my aunt, then my uncle, then my mother, then my grandmother, then somehow my father, etc. So it's just like different cities.
0: So while living in different cities, were you able to pick up different cultures and different ideas of how you wanted to live? or Did that, did that impact your life at all?
1: A little bit, yes. But especially when, when I was about 14 years old. That that was the first time I, I I actually spoke with a rabbi, so in that moment it's like okay, you know life is a little bit different than what I've been, what I've been seeing and and, and hearing and whatever. Um,
0: and you've never met a rabbi before that? No. Wow. So let's let's get into a little bit. So tell me what life was like before you turned
1: 14 years old. Okay, so I was born in Miami. Two two weeks later. I went back to Colombia with my mother and father, somehow, and, and I lived there until I was four years old. When I was four years old, we came back, my mother, my grandmother, and I. We lived in New Jersey, then New York, then Miami, Sarasota, Hialeah, Tampa, Iowa? Hialeah. What is that? That's a city, I, I okay. think that's how you say it, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> um, and just back and forth, back and forth. And my family was Christian, so I would go to church every Sunday. And my I I, I live with my grandmother a lot, and she was like always, you know, she was the most spiritual one in the family, and she was always, you know, giving me, like pushing me, to believe in a creator, believe in God. Um, of course, a little bit with their doctrines, like the way they believe in. And and like for example, when I was about four years old, no, no, five years old, I knew four psalms by heart. Oh wow! And I could not even speak like like good, 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 like a baby, kind of, yeah. Like so what? Like a baby. Like, oh, like a know? baby.
0: Okay, I was wondering <laughs> what you were saying.
1: Yeah, like a baby. I was yeah, I was speaking like a baby, and and yeah, it's. I mean, she she always.
0: So your grandmother was basically the inspiration in the house.
1: Yes. She Definitely. was very
0: connected. How was she very connected? Like, what was she connected to?
1: I think it's how she lived. It was it was hard for her. She lived hard stuff. She had to run away from Colombia because the gorilla was trying to kill her and trying to grab her. They actually stole her stuff. She when had you say
0: gorillas, I'm sorry. I, I may sound like I don't know things, but I'm not sure what you're referring to. Because I would think of an animal, So you see, the,
1: you see the animals? Oh, was it actually animals? No, I'm joking. Oh, okay. Imagine, No, it's it's actually humans that are that are they are they're lefties, and they are uh, but extreme, extreme, extreme. They kidnap people. They they're drug lords. They do bad stuff. So basically, they were they were telling her if you don't give us money to support our cause, then we are taking your stuff, and that was what happened. It happened,
0: and that was in Colombia. Yeah. Did you ever experience something like that as well happen to you?
1: So she told me that, she told me once, I was a baby, I, I can't remember this, that my family was in a house and they were coming to the house with like rifles and everything mm-hmm. to, to grab money. And, and there was a guy upstairs, a family, like a, he's a friend from the family, mm-hmm. and he was fixing something upstairs, like constructions and when he saw them he, he was like don't don't go in don't come in there's soldiers there's talking they're talking with there like there's soldiers inside with the family what and they're talking like he made a whole thing so that they can come inside
0: and they believed him they believed them you never wow. know
1: wow be a shooting there they didn't want problems so they, they didn't come back
0: well wow. would you say that was your scariest experience
1: i don't remember that
0: you don't remember that so what was your scariest experience
1: my my okay i'll tell you that one one day we were going, we went to church, it was a Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My cousin, he played, he actually, he's a, a professional soccer player now. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, you want to share his name?
1: <laughs> Emmanuel.
0: Emmanuel what?
1: Escobar.
0: What team is he on?
1: He's in Ecuador. Oh,
0: cool. Okay.
1: Yes. Nice. So, so he needed stuff from the house, right? So from the church, we went to another house. But since he needed stuff from my aunt's house, We made that stop. Okay. When we went inside, I wanted to grab the PlayStation. My cousin was, she's older than me, she was gonna grab the stuff he needed. I think it was like clothing. And my little cousin, he was gonna help me grab everything because my aunt was like, let's go fast. You wanted to get out of there? Yeah. No, just, yeah, like grab stuff fast because they're waiting for us to have lunch. Oh, okay. So we went inside and I just see some big guy grab my little cousin like from the neck, and I'm like, what is that? Like everything was so fast, I'm like, what was that? And then out of nowhere, I just feel a hand here.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And they threw me to the corner of a room, and they, they had a gun, they put it like right in front of me, like pointing at me, and there was like four other guys, and they told me, call your aunt. So I couldn't, I was like shocked. Then my cousin, they told my cousin, the oldest one, call him. And they, and she tried to call them out the window and she couldn't, like words did not come out. So basically they, br- they brought them in, my mother and my aunts, they brought them in upstairs where we were and they tied their hands and they put a, a, um, a blanket on top of us. And then my cousin was like, he couldn't breathe. So they took off the, the blanket. He could, he, now he oh started to breathe. So they put everyone Facing the wall, except for us and and one guy got the gun and like pointed at at i don't remember if it was, I think it was my aunt's head like pointing at her and saying, "Let's kill them. They saw their face our faces, so I was so scared, everybody was crying, and then they just left us. why they stole stuff and they just left
0: is was this the normal thing that went on in Colombia?
1: Yeah, it usually is sadly. That is not, not safe. Not everywhere. Yeah, it's not safe. Not everywhere, but yeah.
0: That is, I, I, first of all, that is a horrible story. I can't even, like, that's just one thing that happened in your life, and that one thing alone is enough to traumatize anybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, you were so, you thought you were gonna die, no?
1: Definitely. When they say let's, because it was like a, it was, it, one was saying let's kill them, the other one was saying, no, let's, not, not, only them, not the kids. So I was like, wait, so I'm gonna see my mother die. Oh like, my gosh. Like, it was all crazy.
0: So, what was going through your mind when you thought that you were gonna die?
1: So, <laughs> it's funny because I started looking at them at the faces, and I started thinking in movies. Like, I'm gonna imagine everyone's face. And okay. then if the police comes, I'm gonna tell them everyone how they look. Wow. I was thinking of that.
0: You weren't and thinking about, like, w- that you're about to die and you're very young.
1: Not really. For a moment, I was like, they're not gonna kill us. We're not gonna, it's not gonna end like this. That is so scary. For a moment, for in the beginning, I was very scared.
0: Is that when your mom said, "Okay, we're done. We're picking up and leaving"? No. How much longer did you stay? No, in Columbia? that was
1: that was when I was about eleven years old. So, so that was like like later on.
0: Oh, it was. You. It was after Miami. Yeah. So, how much longer did you stay in Colombia before your parents said it's enough? We're leaving. Or did they not say you're leaving?
1: My mother. My mother is living over there.
0: Oh, she's still there.
1: Yeah, she likes it more over there. Wow, after that because,
0: experience, I'm like, how does she stay?
1: Exactly. It's, it's, it's complicated. Um, because over there, you, you got your pros and your cons. It's not so safe in some cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the quality of living, the food, everything is more natural.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like,
0: mm-hmm. Talking about pros and cons, I actually have an interesting question for you that my audience may find interesting. Um, being that you were you know, not Jewish, and now you're a garrison, now you're Jewish. Tell me a pro that you have being a non-Jew.
1: A pro? Yeah,
0: like what's a pro that you're like, wow, like being a non-Jew, this is a pro. Okay. Because obviously there's cons because you became a Jew, but like, I'm curious to know if there are any pros in your mind.
1: I think it would be, and it's kind of dumb, to be honest, because whatever, you can live without it. Okay. Uh, that food is more, like, like you could go anywhere
2: mm. to eat. You,
1: you, it's, not a, it's not a thing that you, you're like, okay, I'm going to this city because I have to go to work or something. Mm. Oh, but there's only like one place where there's something kosher. <laughs> yeah. And there's only like five items there. You know, that, that's like the, the hardest thing. But it's not even that, oh, I could eat these things. It's not that oh, I could eat this with this, it's not even that. Because whatever, it, that doesn't matter. It's just superficial stuff that.
0: It's like you go to the mall and you're hungry and you can't buy food because there's know. no, like, you know, you know me being Jewish from birth, I grew up with this. So I know wherever you are, you gotta bring food with you because you never know mm-hmm. if there's gonna be kosher food unless you're in a place where there's a lot of kosher food. So how was that transition now being a Jew? Was, is that hard transition for you? No. Going from
1: you just gotta think about ahead. Yeah. What you just said you just gotta think ahead. Yeah. Like be smart about it. Don't don't get there and be like, oh wait. <laughs> I need food.
0: Yeah. Um, this is very interesting because I see you and I see that you're such a calm, easygoing, happy person. Like the times that I've spoken to you. And were you always of this nature? Or is it because now you're a Jew and like things make sense and there's like you know, a life path for you in a way that you want to live, that you are like this?
1: No, always been like this. Even more in a sense that, because I, happiness is so big, Baruch Hashem, um, you can start, start, start talking more and it becomes an idle talk and it becomes just stupidity coming out of your mouth. Like bad, like nonsense. You know, because okay. of of so much like with your when you're with friends and this and that, and everybody's like so happy and whatever. It's it's, it's different. So now you gotta be more careful. Like you gotta you gotta actually know what you're saying.
0: Why are you saying now? You're saying because of like lash and hara.
1: Guard yeah. your tongue. Yeah, exactly. And and because your words count. Your words yeah. are something. It's not just you know nothing. They mean something.
0: Do you feel that your words really truly do mean something? And you didn't feel that when you were a non-Jew?
1: Not yet. Not the the way I want it to be. No? no. What do you feel now? That's the mission, that's the goal. That what? Because that's the mission, that's the goal. The mission, because, okay. Yeah, because if if you feel that your words are val like are something, I think it's because you make them like that you don't say anything to anyone. You don't you you, you you're showmer you, you, you guard your what you're saying. You keep a promise. If you say something, you do something, mm-hmm. you do it. But if you lack on that, then your word is it like is it yeah. something? Like they say if 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 you are careful with your words here Whenever you give a bracha or something, Hashem will make it true. Wow! Because you are make you if you're guarded, Hashem will guard it too.
0: It's amazing. So that's
1: the goal. That's the goal.
0: You know what I find amazing with you is that, yes, it's been two months, but the amount that you know and the amount that you feel is so much like bigger than I would expect anybody in being a Jew for two months to even understand. And I find it so fascinating. Like, how did you learn so quickly?
1: Just in Spanish, we say la curiosidad mató al gato. Okay. That means curiosity, how do you say that word?
0: Okay, curiosity,
1: yeah. Kill the cat.
0: Kill the cat?
1: Yeah, because you you search, you want mm. to read, you want to learn. You you listen to this, you listen to that, you're open. You You open your mind to what this group of individuals are saying mm-hmm. and what these are saying and taking the best out of each one and and that's what I've been doing for the past, not two months, but actually years. Yeah. Before becoming a Jew, you got to do a process.
2: Yeah.
1: Before the, I even started that process, I was already trying to read and trying to learn as much as possible.
0: So, how long has that been? Like a couple years?
1: Before Before COVID started, 2019. Oh, wow. Before, so this is long. Almost 2018. How old were not you? How long? Three years. Um, what, 21? Wow. So
0: for me, I find it so interesting because as a 21-year-old, generally, you want to just go out and party and have fun. People aren't just like changing up their religion, especially to Judaism, which is, in people's minds, very restricting. I mean, you know, you daven three times a day, there's Shabbos, you can't go out on the weekends and do muksa and all that. Um, You can't hang out with girls. There's so many restrictions. So I'm curious to know um, why you chose Judaism and if you can share with my audience, um, with the people who are actually from, from birth that don't appreciate Judaism because we've been brought up with it, that maybe have a hard time with it, but maybe if you can give them some sense of where you're coming from to actually inspire them to be like, okay, wow, like that is why you want to be a Jew. I'm so fortunate to have been like brought, like born into Judaism, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a big, that's... It's that's a big a question. Big, it's a big, <laughs> it's very big. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what I was saying the other day, if you buy a watch, it comes with a manual.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you buy a car, it comes with a manual. Buy a watch, how hard can it be to use? Like, like really, you just go like this and you just mm-hmm. press it that's it. With a car, okay, a car is harder, but who reads the manual? That's why cars break down and you have no idea what to do. Right. Um, so, how much more so life It's so complicated feelings, emotions, what is right, what is wrong, what to do in this situation? is that what what does a TV work for? what does this work for? Like, okay, what are you supposed to do when somebody tells you this, that you know so many things life needs a manual if things so simple have one, how much more so life and Putting that on the side, as a goy, as a as a non-Jew, you you only say thank you to Hashem. You keep seven laws, seven laws, and you only say thank you. That's about it. I imagine.
0: Did you know the seven laws, or you were not connected?
1: I I I heard of them. Yeah, I heard of them. Um. And and I I wish the whole world would actually do those. seven laws it would be a way better world don't get me wrong it's a huge seven laws people even not they're not even doing it but for me personally it's just not enough those seven laws is not enough and saying thank you is not enough imagine a mother or a father that they're home they come home tired and their kids just throw everything and their shoes are there, there's mud everywhere, there's everything everywhere. And the mother wants those kids to say, to put everything where they go. They right. want more than just saying, thank you, mom, for this, thank you, mom, for that. They want, they want them to actually do something, a little bit, help out. Now, of course, saying thank you is awesome. We should all do, like, give more things to Hashem for every single thing. We lack, we lack that every day but it's just not enough for me. I want to give more. And, okay, so I want to give more. Now what? How can I give more? Oh, so, okay. There's a manual to give more, to do what you're supposed to do. Okay. Awesome. What is that? The Torah, right? Now, if you read, you you, like shot, you can read, it says that it was given to cloud Israel was given to the Jewish nation. Right. So wait, I can't do it. I can't go by the word of Hashem. I can't have that relationship with Hashem, of me not only receiving but also trying to give Him, whatever that means, because mm-hmm. we can't give Hashem. Um, but I want to, so I, I I need to be Jewish in order to have a oh relationship. Oh my
0: gosh, I'm literally I have no idea what's <laughs> going on right now. I'm like freaking out in a good way, it's just like, whoa. At such a young age, you're just so, so in tune with like life and what you want. Like you were searching for a manual because like life is so complicated and so complex that you realized you needed something to guide you. And so you found Judaism. Before we move on to the story of how you found Judaism, uh, I wanna just go back to that question that I had about partying and being young and 21 and wanting to hang out with, with different types of people, you know, um, do you, f- like, how did you feel that you can take the leap and say, okay, I want to become Jewish and give that up? Because that seems like it would m- probably be like a fun life.
1: So it's, it's it. so I'll tell you this. Uh, when I was 14, so it, it goes back to the story of, of how things happen. I there was a moment in my life where I was the lowest I ever been and it will be it'll come with the story of
0: We could start with the story if it makes sense in the in the in in the details if you'd like to do that.
1: It's so yeah. Okay,
0: sure. so we can start with the story then.
1: So, okay. So, I've been back and forth, but when I was 14, when I met that rabbi, I I was living in Colombia. <clears throat> my grandmother was in here in, in Queens. Okay. So I moved in with her and I I was living with her for like two months. But then I stayed for a whole year and she tells me she tells me that she was going to this year that if if I wanted to come, Mm -hmm. you know, first of all, she's not Jewish. I'm
0: like, yeah, she's Jewish.
1: She's not Jewish. She she's so spiritual. She stopped believing in Christian like in Christianity. when I was about twelve years old, I forgot to say this. I also didn't want to go to church anymore. I didn't like it anymore because it's if you, if you actually ask the questions, the right questions, you you get to the truth that everything is like a lie. You know, everything is. How just, did you know
0: what the right questions were to ask?
1: For example, for example, how how is it that somebody comes to this world, right, and says? Oh, you see those those five books in the beginning, you know, of, of the Bible, Torah? You don't have to do that anymore. Hashem said you don't have to do it anymore. It doesn't make sense. That, mommy doesn't make sense, because Hashem does, it's, He does not, we were talking about or the Word. He does not say something and just say, you know what, never mind, never mind. No, He's, he's eternal. It, but how did you eternal. know
0: that, that was the truth and not Christianity or
1: Catholicism. So by that moment, I didn't know.
0: You didn't know,
2: okay.
1: I was just looking at people, like for example, another example is, on a Sunday, you would go and see people, I don't know, crying in church, and then the minute is finished, everyone is like arguing outside, and they're fighting or speaking and Hara about the pastor, oh, <laughs> you wow. know, it like it was like, And I'm like, wait, you guys were just crying five minutes ago. Now I I was little, but you could see it. And then I didn't like it anymore. You could see the false, you you can see it. So I- And you
0: wanted religion, you were looking for the truth. You weren't just like, oh, I don't want this, I don't want any religion.
1: Not by that moment, too little to understand that. Wow. I just I, I mean just, you
0: do seem like you have an older soul in your body. <laughs> so, I mean, you're saying a little too young to understand, but I think you were very very in tune even at that age.
1: I try I, yeah, whatever, yeah. On, on my level that I was, yeah. Yeah. Um but when I was 14, I had a little bit my mind was a little bit more open, and then my grandmother told me, "I go to this sheer she didn't say sheer, she told me in Spanish." And I said, Okay, let's go, why not? So when I got there, I spoke to the rabbi, I made some questions about what they believe, about what I used to believe, about, you know, just general stuff about life. Mm -hmm. And he answered that, so like nice, good answers. So I said, okay, I wanna keep coming. So I would go once a week and I liked it. But then when I was 14, I was in eighth grade, I went to public school here. so by one part and like on one side it was judaism the rabbi this but on the other side i met people that were also giving me bad choices and i was taking those choices yeah so i was taking good and bad choices and then i went back to colombia so in colombia I only had bad choices of course you always have good choices but by that point, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't there, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I was choosing bad choices. And then when I was 17, 18 years old, I came back to join the Army. Okay. But um, I couldn't join the Army.
0: Mm-hmm. Was this the lowest point of your life you were talking no, about? You didn't get there yet? Not yet. Okay, okay.
1: So I became a personal trainer, didn't join the Army. Okay. I went back to Colombia after like two years. So I was about... Twenty, yeah, twenty years old, and I was doing great. I was top trainer in the gym. I was win for Colombia a good amount of money for Colombia. Um, since I don't have kids, wife, or anything, then
2: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't have to spend so much. So I bought like a nice motorcycle of motorcycles. I had my own apartment. I was like
0: you were living the life. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I had since in in the in the personal training industry in Colombia, very materialistic, very superficial, like to another level and people that like party and et cetera. So I had my place alone. So like and I was I could do whatever I want.
2: Right.
1: I didn't have no manual of life. I didn't have no structure of life. And, but in my mind, that was the lowest i ever been.
0: So, so tell me about the lowest point. What was it about that? It doesn't sound so low. It sounds like, okay, you were high. Like, you had a motorcycle, you had your own apartment.
1: No, that's, that's, the, that's the stomp part. Let's just say I was partying too much.
0: You get into any trouble?
1: In what sense?
0: By partying too much. Like, are there, because you were only 20 at the time. Is there like alcohol restrictions or you're, nothing?
1: When you're 18.
0: Oh, 18. So you're partying way too much, okay.
1: Yeah. And then, but in, in my mind, I knew what was right. I knew there was a Torah. My grandmother, okay, so. Because you're remembering the rabbi. The rabbi, not only that, but my grandmother, she keeps Shabbos somehow. She does melacha, but um, she, for example, she doesn't use her phone. She buys the challah or makes it. She puts, um, she lights candles, she buys the wow. wine.
0: Wow. She washes
1: her hands. Washes All hand. from
0: the rabbi. That she, yeah, that she, wow.
1: Exactly. And because she, she watches uh, Breslev on YouTube, huh. Rabbi Jonathan Galit, love him. I love him.
0: I would never expect a lady from Colombia to be so involved in Judaism. I would have never expected she that. Loves him.
1: She has a Chamash and she has a sitter. So when is she
0: converting? Is she daily. planning on it?
1: She wants to, she tells me to, but I told her she doesn't have to.
0: You push her away? Yeah. Like people pushed you away, I'm assuming.
1: Yes. But not only because um. Because I have to, it's because pra- she will be, I think she would be the best candidate there, there is out there right now, at least for her age. But um, it's not practical for her right now. She lives in a small town there's, there's nothing there.
0: She doesn't live in Queens anymore?
1: No, she okay. lives in Colombia. Uh, small okay. town, there's no, there's no community, there's nothing. So, practical. Plus, she has to learn a lot of stuff. Yeah. You could always learn. There's never like an age for you to not learn. So, but it's, it's just not practical.
0: Wow. It seems like you guys would have like the perfect Shabbos meals. Yeah, and, like, like I need to
1: show you everything pictures. Everything would be like
0: amazing with your grandmother. Yeah. So let's get back to your story. So you're partying a little too much in yeah. Colombia.
1: So, but then I would, some nights I would go to sleep and I would like dive into Hashem, like, please get me out of here. Like, get me out of this, this circle where I am. This, um, this this life, just get me out of here. Like, I want to get out of here. It's just not, nice. this is not me. Wow. What I'm doing is not me. What I'm seeing is not me. Etc., and it was hard because that was the circle where I was. It's hard to leave that type of um, people and whatever. But then my uncle calls me and he tells me, AB, my family calls me AB.
0: Okay.
1: AB, I have the. I think it's
0: very cool that you were born as Abraham. That's like your born name.
1: Yes. I think it's very cool. Abraham.
0: Abraham. That's what you are called when you were growing up. Abraham. So. So your uncle
1: calls you? My uncle calls me and he tells me, A.B., I have the perfect business for you. And I said, in that moment, I was looking for a change. I mm-hmm. didn't mind if it was country, state. I've, since I've moved so many times, for me, it's if I gotta move, I move. If we have to move in two days, I'll move in two days. Mm-hmm. Work in this, I'll work in this. I've had, I'm only like almost 25 years old, but I had like 10 already, 10 different jobs. Wow. Worked in this, worked in that things that i even know how to do and i just do it just whatever teach me so baruch hashem so so he tells me that and i'm like what's the business he tells me we're gonna lay eggs what exactly <laughs> what <laughs> what exactly i'm like what chicken eggs probably <laughs> yes hens.
2: yes
1: okay so so i'm like what do you mean we're gonna lay eggs <laughs> yeah we're gonna sell eggs i'm like <laughs> so he tells me we're gonna have egg we're gonna have eggs we're gonna have hens that lay eggs. And I say, I'm not a farmer, I'm a trainer. I work like in a gym. Yeah. So he tells me, no, we're gonna have thousands of them. We're gonna have plenty of them. And I said, no, that's not my thing. He tells me, just listen to the numbers. He told me the numbers, and I told him, I'm in. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where. He sold you. He sold, with the numbers he sold me, it's like, if anyone wants to do that, like really, you can do it, it's, it's not hard, it's not easy, but, Good money, for example. I'll tell you one thing if you have a thousand, which is not much, Mm -hmm. I I was going to have 1500. Okay, if you have a thousand hens, you got about 970 eggs. No, I might have 9,700 eggs a day. Whoa,
0: and how do you sell that? What do you sell to stores?
1: Yeah, distribution is that's the easiest part. Yeah Because people eat eggs every day. Wow in Colombia at least. Wow. So so whatever, so I like the numbers. He told me, listen, the reason why I'm calling you is because I need you, because the form it's in another city, and he has a wife, he has two girls. Mm. Oh, by the way, he's also converting. He's in the process of converting.
0: Your uncle yeah, is converting I, to Judaism. Yeah,
1: I forgot that part Is it because of you? No, 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 no.
0: I'm telling you something with your grandmother's soul. It's your, is, is it your grandmother's son? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Something with your grandmother's soul that she's having her children and her grandchildren converting to Judaism.
1: It's amazing. Really it, who is. knows,
0: it may be like a few generations back she's actually Jewish, you have no idea.
1: Who knows, who knows, that's a good question. Are,
0: yeah. are your uncle's children and uh, wife converting as well?
1: Yes, yes, they're in the process. I'm in awe. It's awesome, yeah. It's awesome. So, 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 yeah. So he was telling me that. Um, he told me that he's in another city since okay. he's with his family. He can't go, be there at least. He would go once a week, once, twice a week. I don't know, whatever. And I said okay. So I moved in with him. Now we start looking for uh, other farms, just in case maybe we find one closer. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the farm that I'm talking about. Is a farm that was owned by mafia people before. Oh my gosh! Wow. It was right next to a, the biggest river in Colombia, the most dangerous river. Not only that, but um, but that it, it was like the farm and a house, where it was a big house, but it, nobody's lived there for years. And then the the farm, the actual part where the hens go. It was, the, it needed construction. Okay, so it's a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. But then we said, we need, the less money we put on this, more hens we're gonna have. Yeah. The more hens, the more eggs, the more eggs, the more money. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put my effort too. So I've never worked in my life so hard because they had, okay, I'm, the space was for 20,000 hens. Like it was a long space, first. And second- And
0: you got it, this is where you went.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, we stayed there. And then in in the floor there was, let's say I don't know how to say that. It's called gajinasa. It's the mixture of the grass you throw for them and their excrement. Okay. So it's very fertilizer. In fertilizer and a lot okay. of stuff. So it's the mixture of all of that condensed, hard, stick to the floor. And it's been there for like two years, three years, I don't remember. So we had to like shovel that.
0: Oh my god. And it
1: was three of us. To shovel it, and if I stopped, if I stopped shoveling, the they would um the two other guys that were working there they would go slower. Wow. So the slower they would go, the more days it would take, and the right. more th- it, it was just yeah. So we worked on that since like six thirty a.m. all the way to eight a.m. eight p.m. The other thing is that the water in there wasn't um since the since nobody lived there for years the water there was. How do you call that?
0: Like not filtered? Not yeah, clean? Yeah,
1: not clean at all. And there was no light, only for some time of the day, in the night, I mean. So
0: you live like a real farmer?
1: You like, No, really did. not even, I think live, real farmers live better. You think so? Yeah, definitely. At least, yeah. Maybe not when they're far, starting, but yeah. And there was this guy there, old guy with a shotgun. He lived there because he had to be careful that people don't come and steal stuff. Um, So he would tell me stories. He told me like, for example, he told me that usually the river, why they bought that next to the river is because they would take people swimming there. And kill them. Yeah. Just never seen them again. So you know
0: Do you think that these stories are true or do you think that they just told you them to scare you?
1: No, that's true for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the least they could, they've done there. The
0: scary thing, though, about living near water is that that land could be taken, that river could be taken by any government official in a second. No?
1: Yeah. That's definitely. the law, right? Especially if it was owned. Yeah. Before it, it was actually kind of, it was in, in it, it, there was a court case okay. there. Okay. So about. So that. tell me
0: why are you getting to this story with the eggs?
1: So okay, so I, I lived there only for two weeks.
0: Oh. Because Oh no.
1: Okay. Cause, no, Baruch Hashem, because I was, I was about to live there for like four months.
2: Okay.
1: But my, my grandmother, every time I move, I would send my grandmother a video of where I'm living and she would be happy because it's okay, it's a good place. But this time I never sent her one. So she was like, "What what's happening? So I, I sent her one and she told me, you're not living there anymore. Go grab another apartment, I'll pay for it. Wow. So I, I moved, whatever. Um. Why am I saying this? Is because the first time I got into my uncle's house, the first thing I saw is a bunch of Sepharim.
0: What is going on in Colombia? <laughs> like, I did not know this existed. Okay.
1: So I, I saw a bunch what of what kind the, of
0: Sepharim? Like just Jewish, just like Hebrew books or he- English books?
1: Spanish and in Hebrew, Spanish Hebrew. Yeah. Wow.
0: Okay.
1: So, so for example, so I told him I want to read one. I'm gonna have a lot of time here, so he he told me I gotta take you to the rabbi. I can't tell you what to read. So he took me to the rabbi, and I started. I I, he asked me questions. Um, Do you have a girlfriend? Do you know what's the Torah? Do you know Hashem? You know this. You know that. And I had a basic, most basic knowledge. Okay. Even lower the basic. So he he passed me Garden of Una. and and I'm like, oh, this is Rabbi Shalom Arash. My grandmother had actually been telling me for months to read this book that she would buy it to me for me. So I said, okay. And I'll you're read
0: allowed it. to like that's not really persuading someone to start the path of Judaism.
1: I don't know because you
0: know what it is like in in Geiris, like we're supposed to push the garim away until like not garim but like when you're non-Jew no it's so. Judaism is hard. Judaism is hard. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to tell them don't become a Jew. Obviously once you become a Jew We welcome you in but because we have to know if you really want it
1: Exactly, you know Yeah, but I think I think he didn't have I don't know I can't say this because I don't know what's what was Behind his reasoning of passing me a book. Yeah But I, I I looked very secular. I looked like a guy he just like, wanted you know, to probably
0: bring some inspiration into yeah, your life. Yeah, it's like
1: you want to read something here, read something. Okay. okay. I don't know if you might go more than this. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, it's like you might not even read the. What book. was
0: this rabbi doing in Colombia?
1: He 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 has a community there.
0: Is it chabad?
1: No. Said, there's yeah. a
0: Jewish community in Colombia.
1: There's plenty of them. Not plenty. What of, type of
0: Jews are they? Are they uh, Sephardi? Or there's they Ash-
1: Sephardi. There's Chabad. There's Ashkenaz. Wow. There's actually a chief rabbi.
0: Wow. So like, I'm really curious why your uncle got involved with Judaism. I'm assuming it's his mom. Kind
1: of. Your yes. grandmother. Kind of yes, because he. Yeah. Your story know,
0: yeah. is so interesting because like. I never heard of so many people in one family like finding Judaism. So you went to this rabbi, he hands you this book. I'm assuming you're super impressed and super inspired.
1: So I started reading it and I loved it. Like I I kept on reading it because my point of view before um, reading any book or anything was life is so short. Like if you live to 70, pretty much you're lucky for nowadays. If you live to 80, wow, that's impressive. If you live to 90, I hope you're good, <laughs> you know? So on and so forth. So if life is so short and, and people are always feeling sad, people are always feeling angry, people are always feeling for dumb stuff because this car didn't move, because this one is honking too much, because my son yelled to the dog and the dog ran and hit this and, and, and mm-hmm. something fell off. Like, Nothing. We're getting angry and sad for nothing. So if life is so short, why do I have? Am I spending time feeling bad about stuff? Like there's no reason to. It's
0: so much easier said than done. That topic. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because back the, in, in those in those days, I I just didn't care. I said, why? I don't care. If something bad happened. Like. Shalom, something too bad, you know, that yeah. you actually feel it in your heart, that, okay, that'll feel bad for it. Um, for example, my grandfather passing away, that'd feel bad. Yeah. But for normal stuff happening, like, why? Just you who cares? must be born in December. November 26th. Oh,
0: okay, end of November, beginning of December. I knew it. it's your sign.
1: Yeah.
0: You're very, 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 you're, my grandmother is the same sign as you. Very laid back, very easygoing. She has the same attitude as you. It's your nature, it's in your nature, not everybody is like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know the
0: month signs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty into them, so when, that's how I was able to know you're like at the end of the year, um, because of your personality trait, you know? It's a very good trait to have. Let things go.
1: Yeah, it's dangerous though, but yeah.
0: I mean, I'm the opposite, I don't let anything go. It's very hard for me to let anything go, so I hear someone like you and I'm like, how do I become more like that? No matter how much I work on it, it's still hard for me to let things go, which someone with your personality, it's so much easier, you just let things go.
1: Yeah, as long as you don't take it to an extreme in both sides. Yeah. But yeah. um so then when I started reading the the Garden of Amuna, it's it has similar to what I was like my thinking, mm-hmm. my philosophy, except that in a way like in steroids, on steroids. Wow. Because it's Hashem. Now it's not like, who cares about these things? It's like, no, care about it, but don't care about it that it should bother you. Because you know, it, it's Hashem. If something doesn't go like you want it, it's Hashem. You don't know what's why it, it's not going this way.
2: Right.
1: You don't know why it went that way. And the Garden of the Moon, like really like pushes you to that thought. Um, so I was so it was easy for me to to put that philosophy I had, which was wrong, because you shouldn't be like that. But in a way that I should go for paratis. Everything comes from Hashem. Yeah. So I love that.
0: So so, so what happened next in your story?
1: So after that, I grabbed Orchot HaSadikim, started reading. them
0: all still in Colombia.
1: Yes. Musar. Okay. Loved Musar. And, and then I bought a kawot. And then I bought a khamash. Then COVID happened. So I'm a guy that has to do something. Okay. I have to feel productive. I cannot stay still because I just feel anxiety. I don't okay. usually never feel anxiety. Baruch Hashem. But if I still if I stay still, if I don't feel I'm doing nothing, something, I mean, I feel bad. So I started doing like courses, marketing. I I know, like, how to do a, a Shopify how to sell on Amazon how to make oh, ads wow. on this how to make ads on that but also I was like okay that's my secular part but now I need time for Hashem too so I started buying Pirkei um Khamash uh, more share, uh-huh. Shira online and just listening to more listening to more I had my schedule like that um, and this
0: is during COVID when everybody is just sleeping in in their pajamas, yeah, and watching TV.
1: I was on my computer on, like for ten hours a day, doing this and, and sharing this and that. Wow. And my mother was like, "Whoa, you're doing a lot." So because I, yeah, um, so my uncle, nothing happened there with my uncle. The Hashem took me out of where I was, in, in my apartment to another city, to another city, to a farm, to work hard for nothing. I lost money, I, I, I didn't stay with my uncle, um, and everything just to pick, not just to but everything to pick up a safer.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, wow.
1: from here there, struggles,
2: yeah. and
1: more struggles and and but out of the all of that my family was like well, you see you i we told you not to go there we told you how you were so good here
2: yeah but
1: well, because they didn't know the background of of what was happening to me
2: mm-hmm. when
1: i was by myself in colombia so so it was like it was so nice I, I so
0: you see like hashem is really guiding you like in every step of your
1: of the way. like single step.
0: You had to go random like hens and chicken. I'm assuming that he never sold eggs, did he? Yes, he did. But you just didn't?
1: I didn't.
0: You were out of that.
1: Yeah, because because here's the thing. We don't know about hens or chickens or nothing. (laughs) We had a right hand. (laughs) So the right hand, he knew absolutely everything. Okay. So, but he he was uh, like a crooked guy. Okay. He started talking about about me to my uncle, like every oh. single day, two times a day, three times a day, talking bad about me. He's not doing anything. He's just sitting back. He comes here late. And it was it was a lie, I'm telling you, it was a lie. I worked so hard. One day, I threw myself on the, like, on, on the floor because I was very tired, I was getting dizzy. And I just laid down and he took a picture, sent it to him and told him that's what he does all day.
0: So your uncle believed that.
1: So my uncle believed everything, sadly. And he started, um, he called me and he screamed at me on the phone. And I get I get him because,
2: yeah,
1: listen, it's time, it's effort, it's yeah. money. We're putting our 100, he was putting his 100% in, even though he was outside. So I get him why he, why he did that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It could have been in a better way, but whatever. So we, we argued on the phone, I spoke bad stuff to him. I uh, because in my mind I was like, I'm here put in my hundred percent effort. Yeah. And and you're there with your family. I said I didn't say it like that. Yeah. I say it in a way harsher way.
0: Wow. Good
1: for you.
0: Just, no. <laughs> no, good for you. You are able to speak your mind. I think it's yeah. very, very, very good. I mean even like yeah. your uncle didn't believe you should trust you, your family over his employer, no? His employee.
1: Yeah, but, but it didn't have to go that way for both sides. Could have been better, but whatever. It was what it was. And and because of that fight, we said, you know what? It's better that you leave He told me and I said that's true, it's better because we're uncle. He's my uncle.
2: Yeah.
1: How are we gonna fight? We're family. We love yeah. each other.
2: Yeah.
1: So why are we gonna fight for business? If business is gonna bring us a fight, it's better to leave business. Yeah. So I left back I went to my mother and then I started reading buying more books, buying more books. And then uh, COVID was like not stopping because people even wear masks still. I don't understand it. Um, but um, when things were going down and they opened the airport, I would, for every day, not every day, but a lot of days in the week, mm-hmm. I would dive into a sham because I learned in Pir-Kawod, in Pirqavuz that it says, a person needs a rabbi uh, a chabrusa, a good friend, and a community. Love,
0: cover and
1: a community. Community. All those three zebra. Yeah. All those three things. So I wanted it. I was like, that's what I need. So I dive into a HM every day. I want this, I want this, I want this. And but, but you it's dive just,
0: in, do you dive in with your with your
1: thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, that, well yeah definitely. I love talking I prefer Prefers not the word, but um,
0: it's more exposed to us, which is it is praying, it is praying, It's yes. talking to
1: God, yes, but yeah, what you got to do is still, shahari, mecha, yeah, Mark. But it's good that once in a while, like really, like when you're grabbing water, you could Hashem is everywhere, yeah, you know, Hashem is listening to us right now, to everyone. You could really, really stop and, and say in your mind, Hashem, I'm hungry, I want a burrito, you know, if you could say something so simple. How much more are so you going to say, Hashem, I need a house because I have nowhere to live? If you want, if you need a house, you also need a burrito. Do you <laughs> feel that if like, just by food.
0: asking, you're going to get?
1: If if that's the will of Hashem, yeah, definitely. definitely.
0: But sometimes it's not.
1: Sometimes it's not. And so sometimes when you don't get something, it's because Hashem doesn't want you to get that because He has something better for you. Because whatever He wants to give you is the best for you. So whatever you want that is not what he wants is lower than what he wants for you, you know? Right. Because it's best. So, And so, you see
0: that with challenges as well, not just with good things in life?
1: For now, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because challenges, they're, they're, in the moment, they're hard. But if you are able to, in that moment, stop and be objective about it, pure emotions for a second and pause, and say, who knows? Like really, who knows what's actually happened? The only thing I see is a flat tire, but in a hundred degrees outside, in the middle of nowhere. That's the only thing I see, but I don't know what's what happened before this. I don't know what what's gonna happen afterwards. I don't know anything. We don't know nothing about life, literally. And we don't, so why, why not put everything in Hashem's hands? Is it, it's already there. We just think we have it in our hands, but nothing is in our hands.
0: So, I wanna get back to your story, but I have a question. Um, when you're unsure of something, I know that you're very into like the watch has a manual, the car is a manual, life now, the Torah is the manual for life, oh, like this. Um, the Torah is the manual for life, so, When you're struck with something that you're unsure of, what do you do?
1: Okay, you don't I'll, even know where to look. I'll tell you my, my live example right now. Okay. Okay? Not much people know it, but it's kind of obvious. Okay. First, I don't have... I have a mother. She loves me tons. I love her. I call her every day. I call my grandmother every day. Um, but uh, logically, they're not my family, first. Second, second of all, they don't have the ability to support me. Um, I don't have a father, uh, so it, I don't have a career right now. I, I was a personal trainer. I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore. I did ABA therapy. I don't know if I'll do that anymore. Uh, I worked with special needs. I don't know if I'll do that anymore. Um, I don't have a career, like something, I have I have a goal. Yeah. For sure, 100%, that's what I'm striving for. But um, talking about income stuff, um, I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do, first. Second, I don't have a home. I don't have a, uh, where, like, I, I live here in, in Yeshiva. Like if if I gotta move tomorrow, I'm gonna be like, okay, where do I move, you know? So I wanna go to Israel, I would love to do Aliyah. That's another thing too, where I'm gonna live over there, where I'm gonna work over there.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I want to get married, have kids, but I'm not ready with Hashem. I'm not ready, I need to learn more. I need to first some stuff to get myself together in a way that my relationship with Hashem is way better so I could give more to my wife and my family. So I'm not there yet wow. and that takes time, but I'm 25 years old, you know? And so many things, I don't know who's gonna support me when I live with her and I don't know what, so many things that I'm like, where, what is gonna happen? But I think it's awesome that it's like that. It's like mom is so amazing, think about it. It's gonna be a great story one yeah. day. You know? And and just like these, I'm telling you these stories and we can laugh and we can, you know, smile. But in the moment was like, I am waking up and working 14 hours a day. And I can't sleep. And my back hurts because I'm sleeping in a air mattress in the middle of nowhere, where there's a guy with a shotgun that I have no idea who he is. Oh my God. Where there's no, you know, so many things. And, and now there's I dead see-
0: bodies in the river.
1: Mm. And now I could, oh, and who knows if they were like under, whatever. So, oh, so, I could say now smiling, I could say laughing. So how much more so later on, you know? But do why you look
0: why? for answers? Like do you, do you look into the Torah for those answers or are you just trusting?
1: So I'll tell you, you trust them definitely. Um, I'll tell you this, the other day I saw a friend from here asked me how am I happy, how am I smiling and yeah. laughing like every day, okay. every time he sees me. And I tell him because I have everything I need, how, how not so? I have literally everything I need. And, and I gave him an example. I said, okay, you could, think of, you could think about what about the things you don't have. Okay, I don't have a car. I don't need one. Where am I gonna go? <laughs> <laughs> literally. Central I got, Avenue. <laughs> I could walk there. I don't need yeah, a car for can that. you could walk to Central. Um, I need to go do groceries. I don't need a car for, to do that. I yeah. could go. It's, there's mom is 15 minutes away from here. A place, a kosher place where I could do groceries. If I need to go to Manhattan, it will be horrible to take a car there. It's actually better to take a train. You don't Mm -hmm. have to deal with parking.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, I don't have a house. Well, I live in a dorm. (laughs) Why do I need a house for? I live in a dorm, I got everything in a dorm. Oh, but um, you don't have a kitchen to cook. Yeshiva gives me three meals a day. I don't have to cook, right? Oh, but you don't have a wife. Am I ready to have the wife yet? Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. So how am I gonna have a wife if I'm not ready for her? So I don't need one yet that I know of. Um, I don't need none of these things. And the things that I'm not saying right now, I don't need them either. I got everything I need. Hashem gives you everything. You have
0: everything you need physically. Do you have everything you need emotionally?
1: Emotionally?
0: passion, drive. No. Endurance. Patience.
1: I need, no, I need more.
0: So there are some things that you do need.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that, those are the things you work for too. Those are the things you dive in, you work for. You could have those things if you want to, they're there. They're already there, Hashem laid it in there. You see all those who farm, they all help you to get there.
0: Yeah. What you is the know, one thing emotionally you feel you need right now? Out of everything.
1: The one thing and That's what I need to work on more. To have in mind that Hashem is there every second of your life. To actually live by it. Because you could say it and then go over there and make an appropriate joke. You know, and, and, and are you living it? That's that's what I'm trying to look for the most. Plus, that's the only thing we have. When I said we don't have nothing in our hands, only Hashem, everything has, is in Hashem's hands, there's actually one thing we don't have, we have in our hands that he doesn't, and that's Yiddish Shammai. So he
0: and Bahira, I thought, we have the ability to choose.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, but you should conduct that with Yiddish Shammai. Um But um, you're
0: literally like touching a part inside of me that's like. Wow, like I'm just there's after this interview, I'm telling you like I'm gonna go into just a lot more detail because there's so many questions I have for you, but I, I don't want it to be about my questions. I'm getting emotional. Oh my gosh, because your story is like amazing. Um, but I want this to be about you. I don't want it to be about my questions. So let's get back to I guess your story, we'll talk about my questions when we're done the interview. Um, I also want it to be that anybody that has any questions that they can leave the comments down below or message me on LinkedIn at Malia Feivelson, and I will forward them to Abraham. So do you go by hmm. Abraham or Abraham at this point? Abraham, you're Abraham. So let's continue in your story. Um, okay. So that so, yeah, because I want to make sure that we get that fully.
1: So what what is coming up is awesome. So for since since my grandma since what 15 years old, I've, my first job was when I was 12 years old, kind of yeah. So when I was 15 years old that I learned about Shabbos, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so no more working on Shabbos. That was something. You're like,
0: yes, a day off.
1: <laughs> kind of, it was Sunday.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Because um, that's like universe, like, yeah. So I uh, I stopped working on Shabbos on and, and whatever. So let's see, where was I? Um, Okay. You were saying oh, uh, how I moved you COVID. around. Yeah. yeah. And
0: during COVID, you were learning. During COVID, everything. I
1: was learning, and then but I wanted those three things. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. So one day, a friend out of nowhere, good friend, kind of. Um, kind of. Yeah, because secular. <laughs> okay. Good friend, but there was always bad decisions in the moment. Okay. You know? um, but he calls me, tells me, AB. He called me AB too. AB why are you in like in colombia you're a citizen you were born in miami you could come here and and, and work and if i'm working he's he doesn't he has his papers yet um he tells me why are, why you should be here so i said the airport just open. i should but it's not that easy you just can't grab stuff and move you need a place where to stay yeah. and money right now i've been living during COVID with my with my savings and I okay. recently lost money with the hens, whatever. So he told me, stay with me, stay in my room. I could hook you up with a job and I got you. So I said, definitely. Wow. I literally, while I was talking on the phone, I looked for um, um, flight tickets. Yeah. And I saw one so cheap, I bought it on the spot and for like the next four days, three, four days. So then I, I would go to my mother and I'm like, I'm going to Pennsylvania and she's like, <laughs> She's like, why? Why Pennsylvania? And I said, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna work there for a while.
2: Yeah.
1: And she tells me, oh, when? Three, four days, what? Again you're doing this? You were so good, you went to your uncle, look what happened, now you're going to Pennsylvania. I said, listen, I got nothing here. Yeah. What's holding me back? If something will come back, you have the doors open for me? She said, yes, of course. Said, okay, so why worry?
2: Yeah.
1: So I moved in with him We were in the same room, it was a little bit crowded. Uh, And I worked there, I was there for a month and like, for like five, six weeks. And he tells me one day, AB, I'm so sorry, but my family just gave me a surprise. They're coming in three days.
0: Oh no. And they have
1: to stay in my room too. Um, My mother and and the sister are staying with me. So I need you to like move out, I'm sorry. So I was like, listen, if I was in the same place, I would do the same thing.
2: Okay.
1: You know, whatever, it is what it is. So I was looking for places, nothing, nothing. And then a friend calls me and he tells me, I heard you were in the United States. I'm like, yeah, what's up? I'm in North Carolina.
0: Oh my gosh, you're literally like going all over.
1: Yeah, he told me. um, To know
0: that you ended up in Rockaway is like,
1: wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, before that I was in Flatbush.
0: Oh, Flatbush, wow, (laughs) even better. So you went to North Carolina?
1: So, he, yes, yes, he told me, listen, I, I got with everything. So the crazy thing that was—it was—it was my was, was, well, was crazy being in North Carolina, because he told me the job is doing deliveries, and I told him I don't have a driver license. Mm. I have one in Columbia, but not here. He tells me, "Don't worry, everything is under the, the the table. No taxes, no nothing. If you work with the IRS, I'm not. I didn't say this." Uh, <laughs> They're my partners, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I said I said, Yeah, sure, let's go. So it was December and and they needed like since it was deliveries, a lot of people like asked for their you know, their clothing and and gifts. So it was like a lot of work. You would work there from seven AM all the way to twelve AM, eleven PM.
0: Oh my god. You hope the money was good at least. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. That, yeah, kind of yeah, I mean, it's okay, so so, plus, I didn't have where to live, so I was like, sure, if I have to go all the way to have a house where to sleep, sure yeah. let's go, um, so I moved whatever, I started working, and at work, they called me bad luck, bad luck in Spanish mala suerte, bad luck, okay. oh, here comes bad luck, because they gave me four cars in one month, oh no, and a half. Three of them broke. Them. Oh no! One, no. For example, one. I was driving. It's like I
0: said wanted you out of
1: there, Momish. I was I was driving once, and it w- I was going into a highway, and there was a red light, and I was the first one. Thank God, and I, I went to hit the brake, and the brake just stayed like in the like, in the bottom, and the car just kept going. <laughs> and I was like, Oh. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I Well, no way. So, so I just kept on going, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> no. I need, to, <laughs> I need to, I need to use my my. Good thing I was going slow because it was already Your emergency yellow. Emergency break, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good thing it was going slow. Yellow. So I started using my emergency brake. I used it like like, you yeah. use it. You don't use it. Use it. You don't use it. Because if you use it like that, then you just go like. Psh. So I started doing it like that, and then out of nowhere, the police stops me. It was a detective. So he he was he he got mad because of the light because it's it's like it was going into
2: like an uh, intersection.
1: Yeah. So he was got he got mad. He asked me for my driver license. So I told him I forgot it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always be straight up. Just say the truth. Because every time I said a lie, it went just bad. Oh God. So that was one. The other one was (laughs) it was dumb because. I, I stopped the car, but I forgot to put in the parking. And, and then it was a huge truck. And then I started grabbing like the package. Oh no. And out of nowhere, the car just hits the car in the front. Oh! And then the owner comes out and he starts screaming at me. Oh, I'm like, no. I'm sorry, man. And no, let me call the police. No, let me pay you. I'll pay oh. you. It was, an, it was an older car. I'm like, let me pay you. I'll pay you for yeah. the parking. I don't want another ticket, this and that. He called the police. And then the police came and the guy was like, Everyone okay? He was like, Oh, peace and love. Yeah. You don't have driver's license, don't worry. If, if you're okay, it's okay. So what? I was like, Uh huh. I'm like, Whoa, I love this. Place. Wow. Right. The third one, the plate was made of paper and it would go up and down. And oh,
0: down, no. Up and down, up
1: and down. <laughs> so, so the a police stops me and he was angry. He opened, he was so angry, I don't know why. He tells me, Listen, I am a sergeant and the police. And I'm a, a veteran. Sergeant. Yeah, I'm a veteran. And you are nothing to me. I'm supposed to take you now because this is like your third, fourth time, and you're just laughing at us. But um I'm not taking you because you are nothing to me. What? You, you if I take you, I'm I supposed to be he told me i I supposed to be taking big cases. And you're you're not he told me like I'm nothing like ten times. <laughs> so Bye. he told me leave. So when he tells me leave, I told him Officer, I have never been so happy to be nothing in my life. (laughs) That is an amazing line. uh, Yeah, because, listen, if I was something for him, he would have taken me. Yeah. So, sure, you want to say I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Yeah. You want to say I'm something. I'm something. I don't care what you think. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. But if you're not taking me because I'm nothing, sure. So, I told him that. He crapped up laughing. He just laughed. He said, get out of here, That's a very good line. He just said, get out of here. So... By that point, I was like, okay, I need to leave.
0: Yeah, you need to leave, you need <laughs> to get out. You need to get I out of North Carolina and not go back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I need to leave because it was three court dates. is whatever. So I, Wait. yeah, it was- No, it was.
0: no, you have to go to those court cases.
1: I'm sure.
0: You can't not show up at court. Okay, you didn't show up at court. <laughs> okay, moving on from the story.
1: Uh, no, I paid two, I paid two, Yeah. two, um, two tickets and they took out the court dates. Okay. I, I still have one, but- that's another case, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> so I, I I said I need to move. Yeah. So I had a cousin here in New York. Oh. So I said, let me move with in with her. So I moved in with her, it, Baruch Hashem, she let me. And it was a small space in 42nd Street and 10th Ave, the middle of Manhattan. And it was a lot of people in there, family, all cousins. And it, we were all like unemployed. So like in the day we were like all looking at each other like what are we gonna do next? <laughs> like well, what should we do? I started buying even more courses. I'm like, I need to oh feel like gosh. I'm I'm doing something here. I hope
0: that apartment looked amazing because if 10 people are living in an apartment. No, it wasn't bunch, 10. It wasn't 10. It but was, a bunch of people nice. like you guys could repaint. No, but the there was two, nice.
1: two little cousins like a year oh. old, so they were playing and throwing everything, oh, like kids. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: I would play with them. But, okay, so by this point, I came here to United States. Okay, Pennsylvania, okay. I looked over there for um, synagogues and everything, nothing. I looked in North Carolina, the rabbi wasn't there, whatever.
0: You were not meant to be in North Carolina, yeah, clearly,
1: definitely. clearly. That was, the, for me, I said I would live here. I love that state. Well Hashem said like no uh-huh. you're not I think living. You're here. supposed to be
0: there. I tried to.
1: Actually I <laughs> yeah. was looking like apartments and this yeah. and that, a car to buy, whatever, like a driver license. Mm-hmm. Um
0: So now you're here in New York?
1: So I was here. I am here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think so. I think we're in New
1: York. <laughs> so uh where was I? So So
0: you're looking for more courses to to take?
1: No, yeah. So okay, so I was I usually never feel anxious or like, not depressed, but like so lost. I was so lost. I was like sometimes I would like I would um how do how you call this?
0: Shaking. Shaking.
1: Yeah, I was shake of anxiety. Like oh, I was wow. feeling so bad. And then one day I just I just couldn't more, so I went downstairs, and I started walking and just talking to Hashem. Like and you know who is
0: Hashem that you're talking to, or talking to God? No, Hashem. You're talking to Hashem. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. know I know Hashem. Yeah um i know some like rashi stuff i know uh, like some mm-hmm. midrash stuff cuz yeah. i've been reading whatever and and i walked and just explained to him all that has been happening like if he didn't know like every single thing here happened this here happened this and i feel like this but at the end of the of like of the of the mo- of that moment of talking with him spoke for like an hour and a half i i told him listen I always felt like literally, these were my words. I always felt like if I'm the boss. Like if, if I want to go here, I go here. If I want to do this, I'll do this. If this is my goal, I'll go for it. And I've never asked you, I need, like, this, should I do this? Now, my life, I, I said, like, I, I was talking like figurative, like, my life is like a company, and I'm the boss. But this job is too much for me. Wow. Just too much for me. I can't, I, I literally, these words weren't my words. I quit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't want to work in this anymore. I quit. You're the boss now. I'm going to be the assistant. Wow. And literally I told them, if you want me to grab coffee, I'll go buy coffee. You want me to fax something, I'll fax something. If you like your coffee with two sugars, one, one splendid I don't know, whatever, I'll bring it to you. Anything you want, I'll do. Wow. But I'm not taking decisions anymore. So that, me like taking-
0: You like, literally let go of full control out of your entire life and you gave everything up to God. And you, literally. Like, let it all, like he is now in control of
2: everything. Literally,
1: but like in a way that it was so true because I went upstairs to the apartment, zero anxiety. In my mind, I was like, I don't need to worry anymore. Yeah. Like whatever, it's not, it's not in my hands, like that's it.
0: Was that when you decided? Okay, this is when I'm converting fully.
1: No, when I wanted to convert fully was when I was in in Colombia, that I wanted a, 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 a community and I wanted. That's when I said I want to convert, but it's not easy in Colombia.
0: Right. So that's Especially, why I came to here.
1: That's why I came here. That was my goal here. Yeah. Is that if I had to go to Pennsylvania first, whatever, I have to go to Montana first. Okay, but my goal was I did, just didn't know where. That's why I had so much anxiety because I, I did not know what to do in my goal. I don't know where to go.
0: So what happened when you Who got to up talk? to the apartment? I
1: got upstairs, never slept so good. I was like, no more problems, that's it. But in my mind I said, okay, but I still have to do something. Yeah. It's not gonna come to me. So I grabbed Google Maps and I searched synagogue. And there was like red dots. So I started Put in like the the address mm-hmm. of each one, and I made I I grabbed like nine of them, and I made a route. The next day I grabbed my bike, and I and and it was like midtown New York, Lower East Side, um somewhere around Williamsburg.
0: Oh wow! Okay. And then
1: back up to Lower East Side, last stop Lower East Side, and back home. That was that like I said. That's my exercise and I, I'm searching for what I want. Yeah. So I started going to each one. Before that, I made calls. That's why I felt so anxious. I made calls and, I, and I, I was applying for like 12 jobs and none, none of them would call back. That was my anxiety too. Yeah. So I went to each synagogue. Some were closed because of COVID, some were open, but they said we didn't work with that. On one, they opened the door one day I'm gonna get, go there and I'm gonna say, hi, how are you? And they're gonna be I'm like, who are you? Good to Literally, I'm gonna go there and just say hi. So, I got I got there and there was a bodyguard outside. He's like, what do you need? And I said, listen, can I talk to someone? He said, what do you need? I'm looking to confer and I started explaining to him. He's like, yeah, I don't understand none of that. Let me bring someone. <laughs> so, <he> brought, <laughs> so they brought someone and, and she's like, what do you need? so I told her what I needed and she's like okay so write your name and your phone number give it to the bodyguard He'll give it to me I'll give it to the assistant of the rabbi but the rabbi is not here so once the rabbi gets here he will give it to the rabbi
0: yeah you're like that is a that long is, process just to speak to a rabbi uh, like wow yeah
1: I put my name and I give it to her uh, to him like with a uh, angry face I was like this is not good in anywhere.
2: yeah
1: he looked at me like I don't know, I don't know man, He and whatever. So I have no idea why, oh, I shouldn't put it in my mind, but I have no idea why the route, I put it like, mid, mid Manhattan, Lower East Side, Williamsburg, and the last stop was in Lower East Side again.
0: Yeah.
1: I was there already. Why yeah. would I make another stop there at the end? I
0: have no idea.
1: So. I, that, it was the last one, it was like 2 p.m., and I was hungry, tired, because I've been cycling all that.
0: All day, and literally. It,
1: literally, and then I was like, I want to go home. I, I don't want to do this anymore for today. So I was about to go home, and I said, no, this is the last stop. I'll feel a lot better if I do the last stop, and I know that I did everything, and I go home and sleep. Yeah. That's how I work. So I went to the last one, I go inside, and I, everyone is just Minkha, And I'm like, What's happening here? Uh-huh. I'm like, why? What is this? Everybody's wearing bat, white and black, and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Why am I? What? So I said, you know what? They're all busy. They're all busy. I don't know what. You they're, don't know what, what they're doing, what, but they're, they're busy. I know yeah. they're busy for sure. <laughs> you can't hear a, a fly in there. You could hear a fly if it was. Yeah. So I I stepped out, and then I receive a call. I'm deaf through my left ear, so I receive a call, and out of nowhere, I hear in the back, do you need help? Like in the back, like a small little voice. The first time I hear it, I ignored it. It was so small, yeah. It's like, do you need help? It like, who, they're talking to someone else. Yeah. And then I hear it again, a little bit louder, do you need help? So I look back and I, and I see a young guy and I like, yes, I need help.
0: This is from the shul that you just came out of? Yeah,
1: I just literally came out like four steps down. Oh, wow. Because I, I was receiving that call. And then he tells me, he told me, yeah, what do you need, what do you need? So I started explaining to him a little bit, and he's like, oh, that's very interesting, just give me, give me 10 minutes. I need yeah. Davin Mencha.
2: Okay. <laughs> and I said,
1: okay. So when he said Mencha, I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. Um, I, I you a, heard about I'd it. I heard about it. So I like, oh, that's what they're doing, okay. Okay, he said like, yeah, come Davin. And I was like, okay. he passed me a sitter, and I'm like, close it, and just talking to Hashem in my mind, like Hashem literally told him where I've been, like he didn't know. And I told him, please, help, like, make this be the last stop. Yeah. Help me with this stop. Okay. Like, finally, somebody's, like, trying to hear me. Out. Yeah. So I, I I, I spoke with him, like, for an hour. And he was, like, astonished. He, he wanted to help me. So he said, I actually have the best contact for you. And I said, who is it? Yeah. I grabbed my phone. Who is it? Yeah. And he... He said grab the number, grab the email, um, and it's Rabbi Rum. Okay. Which is part of the Bay Den for conversions in Manhattan, New York. Oh cool. So I was so he and, and so he gave me like the best contact I could have had, like in from everyone. Yeah. Because he's a part of the Bay in. So I, I I called him, he he brought me in, he asked questions. He told me all the reasons not to convert, mm-hmm. um, and then he he sent me to a rabbi, rabbi Abraham, rabbi Rubin. His name. Um, I started learning with him, and I, I started with the Aleph base. Nice. And yeah, and then I just so you start- didn't
0: have that 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 sense of people pushing you away in the beginning.
1: No, yeah, definitely. You did have that. Yeah, definitely. They both. Before the the classes, they both started telling me, you don't need to, why this, that. And then I needed to dive in somewhere close. So they sent me to BJX. I don't know what that is. That is an amazing place. Like if you are in Brooklyn, you're staying in Brooklyn, it's in 29 and K, just go there. BJX. BJX, it's a Kirov. There are two rabbis there, Mm -hmm. they're brothers. It's amazing, they're awesome, like, wow. So is
0: that how your actual conversion started from this, and you started learning with this Rabbi Ram?
1: Yeah, uh, no, Rabbi Rubin. Started learning with Rabbi Rubin. Then so I started going to BJX, but the first time I went to BJX, they asked me, they, they told me like 15 minutes, straight up 15 minutes of just telling me, why, you need to convert, you need to do this, you need to convert. Um, you could do this. You could win a lot more with being converted. And then so many things, so many things, so many things, and they pushed me off. They, I think they were the most ones that pushed me off in one sitting. Wow. Like, were you like I'm
0: done with Judaism, or you're like no, I'm still gonna convert? No,
1: definitely. I was, I was like, for one moment they were talking so much and telling me so much that I shouldn't, that I, I, I it like, I was start, I was trying to like stop them to talk, like let me talk now. Like, yeah. I want to give like my reason why by some point I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna let them talk. Yeah. So one, once they finished, they both like started looking at me like, what are you gonna say after all of this? Yeah. I gave them my reason kind of like why. And, once, one, and one moment they told me it's, it's harder to be Jewish. It's yeah. hard to be Jewish. You got a lot of rules per se, a lot of and a lot of stuff. Like it's, it's easier to live life outside Judaism. And my answer to them, was and is, what do you mean it's harder? It's way harder to live out there. If your goal is to have a relationship with Hashem, to get closer to Hashem, to actually accomplish what, why humans exist, why Adam was created, then out there is way harder because the Torah, live in the Torah way, Allah is the way to get closer to Hashem. So if you don't have that, you don't have nothing to get closer oh. to Hashem. So how can you get closer to Hashem? Plus.
0: Is that what you told them? Yes. Wow.
1: Okay. So, kind of, kind of. Not all of that, I just I just expounded more here, kind of. I just told them that it's, it's way harder out there without a Torah. I, I didn't expound it like that. Um, and, and and then I started going there. Started going there, lovely it. The, I still go when we have an off mm-hmm. Shabbos here.
0: So when did you have your full conversion?
1: Uh, when were you Roche, reborn? Chodesh. Is that what they say? No? Yeah. They do? Kind of, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm like, right now, if you ask my age, I could say I'm two months. You're two months I'm old? And like, like two weeks old.
0: So when was the actual conversion?
1: Uh, Rosh Chodesh Sivan. So two months.
0: Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Wow.
1: So two months ago.
0: Hold on one second. I need a, I need to understand this. Rosh Chodesh is right before Shavuos.
1: Right, exactly. No, it's, no, right before Shavuos, exactly. Yeah, right yes. before Shavuos. Babin yes, yes. Zayin
0: Sivan is Shavuos. Yep. So you converted right before Shavuos, which which is amazing because it's like you received the Torah. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that? that feel? That was my
1: first Aliyah. That yeah? Shabbos.
0: And you received the Torah. So how did that feel?
1: It was awesome. Somebody asked me what did this feel the same question, and I and I told them that day, that same day, I told them, a huge responsibility. That's what you feel. Because before, okay, you gotta, you gotta try to follow everything as yeah. much as possible. You, you have to do one a shabbos, like this yeah. and that. But in your mind, you're like, okay, if I don't do some stuff, it's like, okay, I don't have to do them. But now you have to do them, you know? Right. And so it's the responsibility. Yeah. Plus, it, being Jewish, the way I see it now, kind of, it's not, not 100% what I'm about to say, but in, somehow, is like a career. Okay. That sounds like messed up. Yeah, but, I'm like, yeah. What, are
0: you, what are you? What are you? trying to say over there?
1: Because if, for example, Le Havdel, somebody that is v- famous, they do one thing wrong, everybody sees it, yeah. and it's like a huge thing, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: So same way, even if you're not, uh, someone famous, you still famous for Hashem.
2: Yeah.
1: You are that one soul. You are that one Abraham Gaviria. Mm-hmm. You're that one Milo. You're that one Nesib. You're that one soul. Yeah. So you are famous for Hashem. That's So,
2: so your ch- career, whatever
1: you do, is a huge thing for Hashem. Maybe not for your neighbor, unless it's Mar Zion. Right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge thing.
0: I find that amazing. I find that by looking at you, like, I would not even know that you're a convert. Like, you literally look like every other yeshiva guy? Hmm. Like you're wearing the black and white, the out. the yarmulke, is that a suede? Yes, the black yarmulke, like (laughs) literally, do you like this gear? Like do you, this garb, whatever? The what you're wearing, do you miss your other clothes? Like?
1: So, I mean, it's, it's complicated because I feel like you don't, how can you say this? To be the best person you could be, to be the closest to Hashem you could be, to be as as following the ala'cha as possible, you could do. You don't have to wear white and black. No, you don't. You don't have to have payos. Yeah. For some people, you do. You don't have to have a hat. Um, you don't have to wear every day. You know, for example, Rabban Gamliel in in the bracha in the in bracha says that your inside has to be. That your inside has to be like your outside. Or oh, your
0: outside yeah. has to be like your inside.
1: No, no. He he would do a test yeah. that to see if your inside was like your outside. Meaning that everybody would look oh, so awesome, so okay. good. That's like, what you mean. But the inside is like not so yeah. good. Yeah. So that's that's the issue. Yeah. Are, are you actually there? Now, or if do you, you just say, look at the part? Exactly. Or you're just looking. Yeah. So you could be. You could be a. Do you? Having white and black doesn't mean nothing in that point, in that sense.
0: So why do they make it so much that this is what yeshiva guys wear? That's always what I was curious about.
1: Because that is, if I'm not wrong, there's a gemara that says, or somewhere that says that that is that is like the that is the uh, how do you call that? That is like the uh, uniform per se. The
0: dress code. That's a that
1: uniform. That's a uniform.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: I don't know. I'll have to look you know, into that a that, little bit more. But you gotta look. You gotta look good.
0: Yeah, you gotta feel good. You gotta when you f- good. when you look good, you feel good. The last question before we end. There's so much that like I could talk to you about, um, but I want to know what would you say was and is your biggest challenge going from being you know a non-Jew to now being a ger. What is that biggest challenge that you faced?
1: The biggest challenge because I lived alone, and I was in a in a, in a very secular circle. I had. Um, more connection with speaking to women. Not necessarily stuff that if you're not married, you can't do, Um, not necessarily stuff that you shouldn't do, Um, but just a conversation because women think so different yeah, women are just, of course, they're so different. I mean, than men, of course, like <laughs> different that's species. Yeah, that's obvious. So I always connected more with speaking to women, even as just like some friends, um, than men. But then, you know, it's it's you gotta you gotta be, you gotta know. So why
0: do you feel you can't do that now, being a religious Jew?
1: I could no, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it, it's just that it's it's harder, you know?
0: You're speaking with you, it's Jewish something girls you miss.
1: now? No, no, but you miss it. You know, you miss it, it's something you miss. Like for example, we did, I, I didn't eat porks for years because of when I was 15, I, yeah. 14 I you know? Um, having meat with cheese, not a problem. Uh, I don't know, not going outside, not a problem. Um, but But that connection with a woman it, it, it's it's I think it's man needs it. A man is incomplete without, without a woman. Wow. You know, so it's like something in me is like mm-hmm. I I want. That do you see woman. a
0: difference in the Jewish girls?
1: Definitely, hundred percent sure. What do you see? Hundred percent virtues, values, different mindset. Not everything, not everything is about this life. More spiritual. Um, usually are more. Down to earth. Usually, not everyone. Um, and it's just the values. You wow. know, the values they want a family. Nowadays, people outside of the Jewish world don't believe in marriage. Don't believe in families. They just want to go out and do whatever. So in, in the Jewish world, that is like top thing. Mm-hmm. You know, as the goal of every twenty-year-old. Yeah. And and I think it's just awesome that women are. Yeah. Know?
0: Is it interesting, I know I said we're gonna end by the last question, but we got into this topic. Is it interesting to you that in the Jewish world, people are getting married so
1: young? Mm, a little bit in the beginning, yeah, but but it's because we're in 2022. Nowadays, for us, like a lot of stuff is like, don't you think it's weird? Don't you yeah. think it's like, <laughs> like mm, you know, it's like, what? It's because we're so low, humanity yeah. is so low that we see it like a huge thing. Like for example, wearing a suit. Back in the days, everybody was wearing suits.
2: Yeah,
1: everybody did. So now because nobody's wearing suits, it's weird to wear suits. So it's it's mostly because of the year we are living and we see stuff that is weird, but I think weirder is to get married later on in life just because you want to live your your life the wrong way.
0: Wow, that's very powerful. So Abraham, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we say goodbye?
1: Uh, you know, anything
0: that you haven't shared yet?
1: Everything, any, uh, something that I haven't shared yet. I don't know. If you so, feel
0: you've done it, you've said it, then Yeah, great.
1: kind of, I mean, you just have to, so it was something that I would say, okay, usually we try to live always in the future. Usually we always trying to think ahead, and we are not living the present, and the present is what actually we is it, what we actually have a little bit in our hands, our free will that you yeah. said, Yirashamaim that I said, it's in the f- present, it's not in the future. So something that we have to do more is live that present, the yeah. best way connected to Hashem, and and yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. That's so inspiring. Your whole story is so inspiring, and I know that there's so much, so much more but we're gonna have to wrap it up for now because we're out of time. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Hebrew Hits. This is Avraham, then Avraham, and he just shared his story on becoming a Ger. He's a Ger now for two months. He became a Ger on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, and I'm so happy that I got the chance to interview him. Thank you so much for being here on the thank show.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Of course, and you can follow Hebrew Hits Radio on YouTube at Hebrew Hits Radio. And we have a website, hebritsradio.com. And you can send me any messages to Malia Feivelson on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for being here with me. And please share this episode with at least one person. If you enjoyed it, definitely share it. We'll be back next week.